from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this uh uh, what, what has been sort of a, uh, it's not really a thunderstorm Thursday, but it's been a wet one. we got uh, gotten a decent amount of rain here this afternoon. Not that we didn't need it, so that's fine. Hey, it didn't stop. I had uh, I had someone lined up to, to, to do some pressure washing at the house. He, he did it today. Everything looks great. Wow. I was like, well, he was going to get wet anyway, he said, you know. I mean, I, I thought you were going to say nature beat him to it with some of this rain. Well, but the, the we're talking we're talking some serious pressure washer. Yeah, I was going to say, fortunately, nature didn't have the pressure that uh, that the pressure washer did. So, uh, no, I, he did a great job, uh, and I appreciate it, Blake. And he said he's going to come back and touch up a couple of things tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, I really appreciate that. So uh, anyway, I hope everybody is, doing is, well. Is Blake a uh, is is Blake his own sort of business pressure washing? Is it a? Uh, yeah, he sort of he, he does quite a few different things. All right, very. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah. Shout out to Blake for all for all the uh, all the work yeah. he does. We're we're a show for the for the for the blue collar folks. And oh, ab- the, and absolutely. The, and the, the laborers, the workers out there, trying to make your day a little bit better. And uh, and yeah, absolutely appreciate folks like Blake out there getting the job done. Uh, so welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of the Drive. It is Draft Day. The NFL Draft gets underway, and as a matter of fact, coverage on ESPN Radio begins immediately. After the drive, Bill and I will read the screenplay from the Kevin Costner film uh, Draft Day over the next two hours. That's how we're going to be filling. Have you seen that film? Have you seen the I, Kevin I, Costner? I have. It's been it's it's been, it's been a minute. They they could have called that movie Conversations on Phones because yeah, that, you're right. Well, that, that's, that, what, that movie, that's what a lot of it is. That though. and they try to do split screens and stuff. And, right. and I know and, they, and there is there is some great dialogue in it. Uh, a couple of preposterous. I think. There, there's a trade, and I could be wrong about this, Drew, but I, I believe at one point in draft day, um, there's a there's a phenom type quarterback at the top of the draft, and he doesn't go first overall, and so in draft day, because this guy didn't go first overall, all the other teams are unprepared about him and don't know what to do because they weren't. Oh they yeah, weren't you back- know that would be the case, and so Kevin Costner <laughs> can swoop in. And trade three second round picks for the second overall pick in the draft with a phenom type quarterback uh, having just slipped from one to two. Yeah, well, the- you know now, and and maybe back in nineteen sixty, <laughs> or maybe with no, the- I don't think that would have been the case back. Then. Or maybe with the worst general manager in the history of organized sports with, on, yeah, the, well, on the other end of the phone. Oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> maybe, now, there have been some bad ones. There have been some bad ones, and so yeah, that's a. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much because it is a charming enough film. But the uh, yeah, it is. It is draft day, and the uh, the the could be a very could be a very significant draft for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Right? I mean, you look and the, their their first ever first overall pick. Uh, could be the uh, could could be Bryce Young going to the Carolina Panthers. That is the expectation tonight. Is that Carolina with the uh, with the first pick having traded with Chicago? Carolina is going to uh, take Bryce with the first pick and make him their new franchise quarterback. What what do you think of Bryce Young as uh, as Carolina's first overall? I pick think it makes a lot of sense, and uh, it's it's sort of surprising with all 
the first rounders, I think it's 40 that Nick Saban has produced at Alabama, they still have yet to have a number one pick in the NFL draft. And they've only had, I believe Tua is the only, I mean, depending, no, I guess Tua is the only for, uh, Tua is the only quarterback of those, of those picks that Nick Saban has had at Alabama. Tua is the only first round pick at quarterback, uh, in the, in the entire time. Was, uh, Jalen was gone, right? But one didn't go for in the first no, round. No, yeah, but the other guy. Was there another quarterback that went yeah. in the first round? Am I forgetting somebody before before Tua? When did I forgot? I'm blanking on his name. Just a few years ago, what's his name? There was Jalen Hurts. There was Tua. Yeah, and then and then Bryce. Mac Jones. Mac Mac jo- oh, Mac Jones went in the first round. You're Thank right. You. It's like I was golly, also, I could not I, think no, of his you're name. Right. COVID year, twenty year, yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah. Mac Jones. I yeah. forgot about I Mac Jones. Going, Wait so, a Mac, so Mac Jones did go in the yeah. first round. So it's yeah. so it's the, it, Tua, Mac Jones. I always forget Mac Jones too. Yeah. It just just the other day, I was talking about the run of Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. And yeah, there's another first and Bryce first Young, round guy no, right there too. No, I, you got the highest paid player in the history of the NFL, and then first rounders. Yeah. Yes. This is going to be. Yeah, the three, last, this could be three straight. Yeah, yeah, and, and but this one could go this, uh, first this overall. One should go or could go? Yes, higher than anybody. And, and any, you know, any and ever have it? I, I think some folks would. If you didn't watch too much Bryce Young, it's easy to believe any quarterback can step into the Alabama situation and succeed because they have excellent talent and often you know on the offensive line and at running back and at receiver, uh, and that's true to a degree. But Bryce Young deserves a tremendous amount of credit for what he was able to do because often he was improvising. Often he was uh, running running for his life, and he was in unfavorable situations. More situations, it- yeah, more situations with Bryce over the past couple of years that Alabama has had when a quarterback had to pull them out of the fire, had to win the ball game, put them on it, put them on his shoulders, and win. You know, people I know. Uh, I think I guess that sounds funny when the concern, the biggest concern for Bryce is size and durability, but uh, but but no, he's he is a he is a fabulous passer. Great anticipation is what he has. He seems to know exactly where somebody's going to be and get the ball to them at the exact right time and in the right place. Yeah, the timing is yes. is is it's so advanced impeccable. for yeah for for a a college football quarterback and the way he can. Uh, process mm-hmm. uh, the information very quickly and deliver the ball where it needs to be uh, is is just it's it, there, there have been few better in recent years at doing it than Bryce Young and despite and that's why I think despite less than ideal the uh, size he's going to go first overall to the Carolina Panthers tonight because you know, you know how good if Bryce Young were Andrew Luck sized well if he were if he were th- Three inches taller and twenty pounds heavier. There'd be no, there'd be absolutely no, no questions no. about you're right about, about what kind of quarterback he could be. But because he's closer to Russell Wilson or mm-hmm. Kyler Murray or Johnny Manziel, you know the the short list. I think that's about it. Of short list was that? Well, I, well, I think I, no, no pun intended there. With the <laughs> the short list of guys that uh. have been taken in the first round, despite being. What six feet tall or shorter? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty short list in the history of the NFL. So uh, Bryce Young can uh, can, uh, but I would but I would not let the success or failure of any of those players take you know allow you you know cloud your view of what Bryce Young's going to be because this guy seems you put the right situation around him, 
that this guy could do everything. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in the draft. Love your thoughts on the draft tonight. We'll also talk about the continuation. Let's look at the, well, that Alabama quarterback run continue as the that? tide adds uh, to its roster and to that quarterback room today. We'll, uh, uh, that, from the transfer portal, we'll talk about Auburn basketball in the transfer portal. Auburn basketball losing a, a former great today as well. Quite a few things that we will talk about here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. And we'll have uh, a special guest joining us. Uh, Coach Sonny Smith going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Go ahead and let you know that um, former Auburn guard Gerald White, uh, a native of Augusta, Georgia, and uh, a, a uh, an outstanding point guard, passing away today at the age of 57. That's uh, sad, sad news. We'll talk to Sonny about that and more, though. We'll talk basketball, the, the, uh, looking, taking a look at the Auburn roster, the transfer portal, his thoughts on quite a few things as well. The, the news on Gerald White was shared on social media earlier today by Auburn Mayor Ron Anders, who knew Gerald personally. Um, yeah, I saw al- that. Auburn sent a release out. Also, also want to... Um, also want to extend best wishes to Ron Anders, uh, by, by the way. But but the uh, Ger- Gerald is the was the program's all time assist leader. Played at Auburn from 1983 to 1987. Uh, three 20 win seasons, four appearances in the tournament, and he was on the Sweet 16 team in 1985 and the Elite Eight team in 1986. 624 assists in 122 games. Uh, he's number eight all-time in steals, and he's uh, number one, as I mentioned, in assists. A lot of that coming from uh, from the, the the release, as you said, that Auburn put out. Yeah, so sad, and and that means Auburn uh, Auburn has lost the backcourt. That backcourt was uh, Gerald White and Frank Ford, and they both uh, uh, both passed now uh, in the last year. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that with Sonny Smith. Uh, we'll, we'll get into whatever you would like here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hour number one of The Drive brought to you, as usual, by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and they're also the sponsor of our hotline. You can call us on that hotline, and the number to get you through is 334 321 1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. So uh, quite a few things we can get to here today. Let's see. Um, have the Braves gone ahead and wrapped it up today? Man, they uh, they were up four zip. Yep, and they still are up four zip. Braves are are really playing well. Rain delayed game. They, they yep. started it, and I think they got about three innings in, and then uh, the the rain. Uh, they did, and that's the only thing that's going to keep Kyle Wright from getting a win because he he did not return after the three innings. Although the starter for the uh, Marlins, former uh, former Alabama pitcher uh, Braxton Garrett, I think only gave up one hit in the three innings before uh, the game was called as well. So maybe a little bit unfortunate for the Marlins that they had a starter uh, off to a. Uh, it's unfortunate for the Marlins. They're playing the Braves right now. That's that's especially. true, but but. No, that's that's Ray's about to make it a four game sweep. That's a tough break, isn't it? When you got a starter pitching well, and then Rain comes in three, four <laughs> oh, yeah. innings into the game, and that's you know you don't want to bring him back because uh, you know it's, it's been too long since the since the game was called, and that's what the Marlins ran into, and I think the Braves jumped on the uh, Marlins bullpen once the game resumed. Yeah, so uh, 
uh, we're, we're wide open, as you can tell. I mean, just whatever direction you want to go in. We'll go ahead and get to our first break again. Sonny Smith joins us at the bottom of the hour uh, here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hey, I'm Caroline Bush from Bush Landscaping. My husband and I love University Ace Barware because of its excellent product selection and customer service. We have been loyal customers for over five years. We keep coming back because of the wonderful and knowledgeable staff who treat us like family. They have a great inventory of steel products, household items, and barbecue equipment, just to name a few. They have the best parts department and shop around. University Ace Hardware, next to the movie theaters in Auburn. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. And uh, let's see, where you want to start portaling? Do you want to talk uh, uh, the Auburn visitor or the Alabama edition? Uh, you know, we've talked about Tyler Buckner, and we will talk more, I think, in the That didn't take hour. long, though, did, did it? Didn't take long. You know, we I think we suspected uh, that the, uh, the reunion with, Tommy Reese at Alabama was highly possible for the former Notre Dame quarterback, uh, Tyler Buckner. And earlier today, he's announcing that he's going to Alabama. I keep coming back to, and I know they're not the same, but this reminds me of Jackson Dart, doesn't it? I mean, it's a guy who was a very highly touted quarterback, went to a school, played okay early in his career, and then a much more established quarterback. Yeah, but he didn't play for. I mean, that's the even more uh, involved is the fact that he played for Tommy Reese. Sure, for but, two years. It's not like Jackson Dart had been playing for Lane Kiffin. No, but Jackson Jackson Dart left because Caleb Williams oh, showed yeah, up yeah. at USC. Uh, Tommy Reese is. I mean, not Tommy Reese. Uh, Tyler Buckner is leaving Notre Dame because. Sam Hartman, and I was on the Max Roundtable earlier today, and, and we were talking about this a little bit. For folks who haven't been paying a ton of attention to Wake Forest football, and I get it, you know, it could fall through the cracks. Sam Hartman has been one of the best quarterbacks in college football over the last couple of seasons, and it is a, it is a gigantic addition. Maybe the biggest, maybe the single biggest move in the portal this offseason was the Sam Hartman jump from Wake Forest to Notre Dame. Because oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's the kind of player. That was probably the, the biggest name, the, the the one that made the biggest waves. He's, he's, made, I mean, he's the kind <laughs> of player that makes a team a playoff contender if they're close, right? If, if, you're, if you're a quarterback away, Sam Hartman showing up makes you, like, it, it, it checks that box. Mm -hmm. And so I can understand why Tyler Buckner didn't want to stick around at Notre Dame and, and play behind Sam Hartman, even if. You know, even if Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame is being Cajun and, you know, the, the quarterback situation hadn't been settled yet or anything like that, I think, you know, he wasn't fooling Tyler Buckner. Probably wasn't fooling you, Bill, as far as who's going to play quarterback. No, at Notre but Dame uh, I guess, and I guess the surprising thing and, and the reaction, I'll tell you what's, what's been really interesting today is the reaction from the Alabama fan base. They, they don't seem too excited about the addition. Of Tyler Buckner. Well, was there a belief that they would, be, after seeing a couple of programs, Notre Dame especially? I mean, Notre Dame had a quarterback problem going coming coming out of last season. 
They went in the portal. They got Sam Hartman. They they went out and they right. got a superstar, a guy who's been one of the best quarterbacks. And in that's, football. that's what Alabama fans are accustomed to Nick Saban doing. You know, when they need they 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 need a running back, they get Jameer Gibbs. They need a receiver, they get Jamison Williams. You know, they they need a player, they get the best that there is out there. And Alabama, I think uh, the reaction thus far today has been really. I mean, it's been. We're going to lose one of our guys who a lot of fans, most fans, seem to feel are as good or better than Tyler Buckner because it's it's hard to imagine that uh, Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson are going to just sit there and go, okay, that's fine, bring somebody else in. Right, and I, I wonder if, again, I, I wonder if Nick Saban and Tommy Reese calculated that when they recruited Tyler Buckner, right? I mean, they, they, Boy, they thought... And, and, they, and, and we've talked about questionable timing and everything. Tyler Buckner enters the portal on Monday, uh, or is it Monday or Tuesday? The next day he, he travels to Alabama and he's done. And he had a, and, and as we said yesterday, he had no contact. So um But it would but it makes a ton of sense to me for a quarterback who jumps into the portal in, in the, the April May portal. It would make a ton of sense for me for a quarterback like that to reunite with an offensive right. coordinator that they've played for recently. Because if you're going into a foreign system... You better know yeah. that you've got a scholarship waiting. Well, not though. just that, but but if you're if you're hoping to play this fall, you're going to jump into a foreign system in in May and learn it between now and the start of the season. feels like uh, uh, Tyler Buckner has a huge leg up, right? Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. he's, he's, he understands, even if there are changes between what Tommy Reese did at Notre Dame and what Tommy Reese is going to do at Alabama, and I would expect some changes, I would imagine Tyler Buckner has a leg up. And right now, Bill, um, I, I, would, I would think he is the favorite to start the opener the first game of the season, I don't know what I don't know how the season's going to play out, but I would think Tyler Buckner is playing the first snap of the season at Alabama this fall. I just don't know. I really don't. I really don't know what to think. He's played. I think a lot of the other, gonna, He's played more than the other two guys, let, right? Uh, like in college football, he's played. He's played more. Yeah, than, he's been there two years. That's, right, that's his thing. He's thrown one hundred and eighteen passes. Not a, not a ton of passes. And Milrose, Milrose thrown you know a couple couple dozen. Right, you know, if, if if that. So, um, I mean, ask me again on Monday after after the portal has closed. I mean, we'll see if if Jalen Milrow is not in the portal. Maybe he's the starter, or Ty Simpson's the starter. I don't know. I just don't know what to think. I, I'm going to be surprised if one of those guys is not in the portal. It's just Come very. Monday. It's just very easy to. See. I mean, you've you've seen situations before where an offensive coordinator brings in his guy, mm-hmm. right? And doesn't this feel a little bit like Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, bringing in his guy to run his offense against, with the other options being options he inherited from previous yeah, it coaching does. staffs, it does. and and usually in those situations, the offensive coordinator's guy is someone who gets a real hard look. At, at being the quarterback. Maybe he'll start, I, you know what, you're right. Maybe he starts the year as the backup and it increases the pressure on whoever the starter is. Alabama's had that happen before. We've seen guys start the season and by game three, there's somebody else who leads them to a did, really good J- season. Did Jalen Hurts start the first game of his, I, I want to say, didn't he come in in relief and then never gave the job back? Seemed, sort like, of how, seemed like it. Did Blake Barnett maybe start? That yeah, game? I want to say seems it was somebody. Like, yeah, seems so, like it was Blake Barnett that started. The uh, the first game, or and, maybe that was with, 
I don't know. I'm and then and then with Jalen Hurts, or that might have been with Sims. Yeah, uh, I with, think it was. I think it was. And, and then with and with Jalen Hurts, uh, the final game of the season, you know, we saw we saw a different right. quarterback going there. So I don't know. It's it's uh, really interesting. This is something different. It's it's vastly different than anything we've seen at Alabama. But uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I did did you watch or have you seen any highlights from the Notre Dame spring game? Because all I've heard a couple of people say, and, and I was too busy. I didn't have time to really go look for the highlights from Notre Dame spring game. But I heard a couple of people saying this morning that he really struggled in the Notre Dame spring game. Now, maybe he struggled in it because it is a new system and it's not Tommy Reese's system. But, you know, the last game he played, he yes, he threw three touchdown passes, but he threw two pick sixes as well. He's a guy that for his career has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. And it's it's hard for me to it's hard for me to um wrap my head around this is the guy that Nick Saban wants as his quarterback, a guy who turns the ball over more than he produces touchdowns. Right. And I wonder how much of that can be attributed to uh, to to what you know, I mean, there's there's questions about the sample size. First of all, right, he only threw hundred and hundred so passes right last year. It's very early in his college football career, relatively speaking, right. He was, was second year as a uh, as as a player. Yeah, he's in last his third, year. He's in his third year, but he has three years of eligibility because he only played three games this past year. Right. So I mean, so I, I would think that even if and it's important to remember this was a guy who was what a top. Top hundred player, top fifty player, top fifty player, five star mm-hmm. coming out of high school. So you know, there's reason to believe that he could uh, he could untap you know some of that potential uh, that's there, and and you know maybe they like what they've seen so far. And you know, it, it could be jumping to the wrong conclusion. You're right, Bill, to think, okay, well this is this is someone who's been with Tommy Reese before, and now he's. Uh, so, so because he's played for Tommy Reese, he's going to come to Alabama and start. Maybe he's a backup to begin the year, and because there's someone with that kind of familiarity with Tommy Reese mm-hmm. and Tommy Reese's offense, it makes it it ratchets up the pressure for whoever actually wins that job. If it isn't, if it isn't Tyler Buckner, then you know maybe it's Milrow, maybe it's Simpson. But now, not only do they have the other to worry about, now they've got to worry if if there's no attrition. Yeah, and, and what about the uh, the freshman, Holstein, and what's the other guy's name? I mean, they've got two incoming freshmen as well. I wonder if I wonder if the addition of Buckner is enough to get Simpson or Milrow to transfer. I, would, I think five is probably a little more crowded well, than most quarterback rooms are going to be. Five the, scholarship quarterbacks, all with at least three years of eligibility? Right, and because... because Milrow, yeah, Milrow's got three, Well, he? because Saban was cagey about who's got the lead between Milrow and Simpson, right, after the spring game, there, there's some, you know, there, and, and I know what Simpson, or Simpson got hurt in the spring game, is that right? He suffered some sort yeah. of... Some sort of thumb or th- some sort of thumb or hand injury, so maybe that could set him back in the uh, in, in the quarterback battle, depending on, on where it goes, but no, I think that's a... Uh, it's a, it's a it's an addition that I mean Buckner's a Buckner's a gamble because again so much of it seems wrapped in his potential as a recruit but it could be a it could be a really significant addition for Alabama. Yeah, Jalen Milrow only played in four games as a freshman. Was the four game four game freshman rule in effect in twenty one or was it just last year? I don't know. Um, so that, that's where, I mean, he may only have two years, but still five quarterbacks with multiple years of eligibility. 
that's that's probably not going to last. The, I think the red shirt years were normal in twenty twenty one. I think it would be four four. Yeah, games. but back then, remember, you it it couldn't it couldn't come at any time of the season before the rule changed to four games, no matter when. I think twenty one was a year where the like post rule change. At the, okay, well, if that's maybe, the case, think, he's got three years of eligibility as well. I would assume he took a red shirt in the twenty twenty one season. Yes, and uh, yeah, Jalen Milrow has thrown a total of sixty passes in his career. In his college career, 118 for Buckner, and they both are almost exactly the same, right at 57, just under 57 percent completions for both of them. Any word on Auburn football and the uh, and the transfer portal? Anything uh, as far not, as not? Haven't heard anything. Now yeah. again, remember, players don't have to make decisions by Sunday; they just have to be in the portal by Sunday. So, I mean, Auburn's been recruiting. Uh, we we still haven't heard anything about tight end. I mean, quarter uh, uh, quarterbacks. The only really the most buzz I'd heard about a quarterback was that Auburn was trying to get Tyler Buckner to visit, and that makes me wonder. Gee, did they? Was there somebody else that they were that they were thinking they'd be able to bring in that they that they couldn't? Are they waiting for a graduate transfer? What is that? Because they seemed much more interested in Tyler Buckner. Than they had in Ben Bryant or Chance Nolan. I mean, a, a few guys that, it, that have, have already been in the portal. But, but no, Auburn continues to bring, uh, you know, offensive linemen, defensive linemen in. But uh, I guess, you know, those players will decide when they decide. We're, we're going to talk with Auburn, a legendary former Auburn basketball coach, Sonny Smith, in the next segment. Really looking forward to talking with Coach, even though it's not the uh, the happiest of times. No, as, uh, uh, no not really. Auburn not mourning the, uh, the, the loss of uh, legendary point guard, uh, Gerald White. We'll do that. Stick with us. Just underway here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. Turn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the uh, studio, Drew at the controls. And we're pleased to welcome in one of our favorites, and that is uh, Hall of Famer Coach Sonny Smith joining us here on the Thursday drive. Sonny, how are you doing today? I'm good. Good to be with you guys. Oh, it's it's, it's great to talk to you anytime. Um, I mean, hate to sort of, um, you know, open up with, with, with something that is such a sad news, but uh really really uh shocked to see the the news today that uh Gerald White who was such an outstanding point guard and, and just an outstanding person passing away today at the young age of 57 yeah that that really was tough the uh the young man had been kind of sick for quite a while mm-hmm. but he kept it to himself and and uh it eventually caught up with him he, he, and he uh 
Uh, he had lived a very good life and an outstanding player for us and also a good assistant for Mac at BCU. Right. And uh, was a good, uh, was an outstanding coach. And uh, the interesting thing about Gerald White that, uh, that I always think about, he was the leading scorer in the state of Georgia, averaged something like 30 points a game, 29 points a game as a high school player. He comes to Auburn. I made a point guard out of him. Wouldn't let him shoot. So I said they ought, to, they ought to fired me in about a week after doing something like that. And 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 to beat all of that, Bill and and uh, he, he was from the same high school that Pat Dye graduated from. So it wasn't one of those. Uh, it wasn't one of those. He wasn't well known already. He he, he went to the same high school Pat Dye did. Yeah, Richmond Academy, and I remember Coach Die. As a matter of fact, Coach Die talking with us a little bit about and and uh, you know uh, get, taking a little credit for uh, for for helping you get Gerald. Well, he really did. You know, it, it, Gerald was a well, highly recruited player, and for us to get him, and the thing about it, what what made the interesting part of it is. Uh, we had recruited him because we wanted him to be a point guard. And he didn't want to be a point guard, so we thought we were probably going to lose him because of that. But we had also been able to get a name both of you are familiar with, named Frank Ford, sure. as the second guard. So we, what we wanted to do was put those guys together and let them go for four years, and it pretty much worked out that way. And they were two outstanding guards and and uh, and, and great, great friends. and. Both of them have passed away now, and that's that's not good. No, that that is, is re- really really sad. But but you're right. I mean, um, people who watched uh, Gerald, I mean, you, you would have never known really that that he wasn't a point guard. Obviously, yeah. you saw his ball handling ability and his vision when you uh, when when you went to recruiting because uh, he took to that. Whether you know, I'm 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 sure he he would have uh, liked to have been able to pull the trigger a little bit more and and score a little bit more, but but he was such an outstanding, such a solid, didn't turn the ball over, uh, great assist to turnover ratio guy. Oh, he really was a tremendous ball handler. Could really hit the outside shot and could get inside of people on the dribble. Uh, he never wanted to be a point guard, but uh, he saw a chance that he could start uh, as a freshman. And that was uh, that was a very uh, big thing for him, making sure that he started, because we'd end up getting Frank Ford, mm-hmm. and both of them would have been going for the same position, and we neither, neither one wanted that because we wanted both of them to be starters, and they were going to be very good starters for four years. We kind of felt, and, uh, and that that worked out extremely well. They played together for four years, been up end up being great friends. I think they're both in each other's wedding. It was is, is a great, great job for the us. And Gerald was also a he's, he's still in the top ten all time in defense or in steals uh, for uh, for Robert. What was his uh, what was he like as a defensive player, Coach? Well, you know, to be high in, in steals and, and having played for me is kind of unusual. <laughs> <laughs> I say, well, I'll tell you this, the reason why is because we played zone most of the time. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, and I hate to say something like this, because uh, back in the day when we first come into the SEC, uh, we didn't trust the officials quite the way you do today. Uh, and so I played more zone than anything because you couldn't foul us out in the zone because we wasn't going to foul you. And, uh, and I... Uh, 
And Gerald had to play a lot of zone. If we'd been playing man, he would have been probably higher in steals because he was so quick. His first step quickness was really good, and he had tremendous hands. And But he played a lot of zone while he was here, and then that was because I, I didn't want to I didn't feel like we were get, at that time. I didn't think the officiating was that great in the league. It ended up been getting organized by CM Newton, a guy like that, uh, put them together, and we got the better, best officiating in the country going at one time. But it wasn't that way when I first took the job at Auburn. Talking with uh, Sonny Smith here on the Thursday Drive with Bill and Dan, and, and you said, yeah, back in the day, things have changed more than just a little. I mean, now. The uh, just we we talked about it a little during the season, but how would Sonny Smith have felt uh, as a coach with the uh, situations we have now with the transfer portal and NIL? Oh, uh, I you know I I always thought that you you should take guys that uh, were uh, they're going to about not be with you forever have have the ability to leave after one or. To be that hmm. good, you know. So I thought always thought we needed to recruit for, to keep guys that weren't going to be here for four, and uh, that would fit right in with the way that uh, things are today. You know, a guy can leave, and the, all the way, way things are set up today, uh, and you can play immediately on transfers. I didn't mind taking transfers, and the thing, only thing that ever would stop me from doing something like that, we were always going to run set plays. And a lot of guys didn't want to play in programs where they were limited because of the number of, of set plays that you run if you didn't give them enough. And so uh, uh, that that sometimes shows the way that we recruited people. We we took Gerald White, and then we end up uh, we end up getting Frank Ford, and we we knew we had to play them both at the same time. So uh, I thought that uh, Gerald White was a much better ball handler than Frank, and Frank was a much better physical player to play mm-hmm. the two positions. And, and they worked out and started four years together, and we were real good during that time. Talking with legendary former Auburn coach Sonny Smith here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Coach, uh, Jalen Williams and Janai Broom uh, both submitted uh, their information. Actually, we found out yesterday uh, from Bruce at the ambush that Dylan Cardwell has also submitted his information to the NBA draft. So Auburn has several players that are uh, re- receiving evaluations from the NBA yeah. about what they need to sharpen and, and what kind of NBA prospect they are at the moment. Let's focus on Jalen and Janai for a second. What do you think they're hearing from the NBA about how they need to improve if they want to get to the NBA draft someday? I would think it's kind of like this. is They're not discouraging. The people that are into telling people where they should go pro or shouldn't go pro, they're not discouraging these guys because they know they have some some form and maybe a lot of forms of pro ability. But you know, the thing, the way things are today, you can say you're going pro and then go back and play immediately. And that's... Uh, I don't I don't blame players for saying that, to, to check out and see what their value is as, as as a chance to play professional basketball. As long as you can go back and play. Now, years ago, uh, they do that and not be able to play again, and that's not good. But the way it is today, I, I think it's good for them to check out how good their chances are of being a pro. Now, um, obviously, with, with the uh, transfer portal now, I mean, you see – uh, just unbelievable movement, and, and it's going to continue. Auburn has had some players 
enter the portal. I mean, uh, uh, there they, are quite a few guys that will not be back. I mean, with with Yohan, uh where's Yoan's going to UC Santa Barbara, Santa I believe. Barbara, yeah. And then are those the banana slugs, uh, maybe. That that sound. I I think that's the one that's the banana slugs, and then I believe uh, they are. I yeah, believe you're right. I believe I believe Dan's got it. And then Chance is Syracuse. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, and and then Wendell first season in what fifty something years without Jim Beheim there in uh, yeah in, that's in, right Syracuse a new era of Syracuse basketball. Yep. Uh, and and then uh, with Wendell gone, Auburn's got quite a few spots. And and Bruce has already brought in a couple of guys. Uh, have, have you been able to either meet or or see any of the uh, video on on the the new additions, Denver Jones no, and, and Cheney Johnson? Well, I have not. They I have they not. Uh, from 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 the little clips I've seen look like nice additions. A six four guard and a six seven um, could be a could be a four could be a three. And Cheney yeah. Johnson, both those kids. One of the things I know that uh, Bruce really likes is the fact they're both Alabama boys who yeah. uh, felt a little uh, spurned by not getting offers from the big schools the first time around. Yeah, and I think I think transfers are the, are the way to go because people are uh, that way. People cannot jump out and take it, take away a guy that you thought you're going to have for four, you know, and you got no way of replacing him. Right now, the transfer portal has worked out where you can go. You can check it out and then go back. You also can transfer and play immediately. I like the way things are today, and I I think I don't think it's I don't think it's hurting recruiting at all. No, obviously not. And and Auburn's had one of the uh, top players uh, from the ACC in for a couple of days. I believe he's he's uh, left town now, but um, Matthew Cleveland. Uh, is that right? Is Matt, that Matthew Cleveland from uh, the Yeah, the, I, the name just didn't sound right when yeah. I said it. Florida State's best player from this past year. Another player from the Atlanta area uh, was visiting Auburn here after having gone to Missouri and uh, Miami. So, I mean, Auburn's got a chance to add another 6-7 player there. If they get that, if, if they get that young man, Sonny, this could be one of the uh, uh, bigger Auburn teams we've seen in a while. Sure. Well, I think Bruce is excellent at fitting his uh, style into the kind of guys he's got. You know, you take a guy and say he may not fit in, but he can fit anybody in because he adjusts to the way they play in the things that he runs, and it, and it works out extremely well for him. You know, you know, it used to be you take a guy and you say they run sets. Well, this guy didn't want to run sets. He wanted to play in a freedom type thing. And in Bruce's way of doing things, you you can he has set plays. He also has a, a freedom involved in his offense, so he can take a guy uh, and fit him in more easily than you can a guy that doesn't want to run sets. He wants to run freedom. He wants to run with the ball. Wants to play man for man. That type of thing increase his pro chances. Uh, Bruce Bruce fits the players into he fits his system into the players to fitting the players into his system if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, I mean, so uh, I think the future looks bright for for Auburn basketball. Dan, what you got? Well, a couple of updates. One, UC Santa Barbara are the Gauchos. Oh, Santa, okay. Santa Cruz are the Banana Slugs. That was our mistake. Gaucho also an excellent Steely Dan album uh, from the uh, from the early eighties. <laughs> and then uh, and, and then for for uh, uh, you know, coach, we're we're talking about some of the other players coming back and what 
uh, what it's believed they need to improve on. Let me ask you this. Uh, wh- what about Trey Donaldson? Like You got to see a little bit of Trey in his freshman year. He could be the point guard uh, for, uh, for, for, for much of the season. Auburn bringing in Aiden Holloway as well, a highly regarded freshman. But what did you, yeah. see, out of, what did you see out of Trey, and, uh, and, and how would you feel about him uh, taking the reins at point guard this year? Well, I think he can do it. I think he would have to shoot a little bit less. I think he looks to shoot. And I think he's a he's a scorer that can that can score the ball. He's a he's a shooter that that's going to be a scorer. Is what I'm trying to say. A lot of times you don't want your point guard taking a ton of shots because the other people don't get the ball. But I think he'll fit into the system really well because he can he he can handle and he can give up the ball and he can shoot the thing. I, I, I I don't uh, see him being a problem at all. I think it'd be a great addition. Yeah, it's going to be really he's interesting. Not addition, he's already here. Oh yeah, uh, I tell you what, it's 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 crazy though. Um, it's not just the fans that are going to need a scorecard. I mean, Bruce and Bruce and his staff uh, are are going to you know uh, this, the way it is everywhere. You're going to have a whole lot of new players, and it's going to be really really fun and interesting to see how well everybody blends together. Oh, I, I was going to ask. Uh, um, also, your thoughts on the new addition to the uh, to the coaching staff and uh, and Corey Williams? Have have you ever uh, had a chance to uh, to meet him? Yeah, I met him first through Stetson years ago, ago and uh, and I knew at that point that this guy is going to go and 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 do well in this business, and because he is a recruiter. Now that guy can do, really do that, and uh, I think he's going to fit. I tell he's great with players. I saw that years and years ago when I only saw, saw him the one time, and I, I believe it was Stetson the first time mm-hmm. I met. Yeah, him. I believe he was. Yep. And that uh, working 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 there, I think Glenn Wilkes might have been the coach at the time. He worked for a guy that that needed an assistant to bring in players and that could still fit fit his system. And he was really good at that, so I think he's going to do a tremendous job. I really do. Coach, a, a big addition to the conference, and one uh, not without some controversy, is Ole Miss bringing in Chris Beard. Auburn has uh, has now seen Wes Flanagan uh, go and join uh, Chris Beard's staff. Uh, your thoughts on the decision to hire Chris Beard and, and what you think Ole Miss is getting in, uh, in, in their new coach, who's been very successful in his tenure at Texas, Texas Tech, uh, even back at Little Rock, but has also uh, had uh, had some, uh, some some controversy swirling around him. Yeah, well, I'll say this: if you want it, the the thing about coaching basketball today is you can you win? That guy can win. Mm-hmm. That guy can recruit, and that guy can take he can take players uh, and fit them into the way that let them freedom freedom. The, what he does more than anything else, if you watch his team, he's a great defensive guy. And uh, if they'll play defense, he'll figure out a way to, to fit them into a system offensively. And I think uh, I think it's a great addition myself. The the the, the journey uh, from you know from junior college basketball twenty years ago. I mean, even in in twenty twelve, he was coaching the South Carolina Warriors of the Warriors, ABA. Yeah. And he went to you know what McMurray to Angelo State to Little Rock to Texas Tech uh, to Texas the climb over over uh, you know nearly a decade you know up up to the highest level of college basketball you know he had he had to be doing some really impressive things and uh, and yeah I know there's 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 optimism that uh, that Ole Miss is getting someone that can turn that program around yes and I think he will do that and uh, he is known as a recruiter he's also known as a great defensive coach. 
and uh, he'll find a way to fit him into the way he plays offensively, and I think he'll do good. And I also I also think he used the only route that he had to get there, and he didn't mind moving. I think there's a lot of coaches got to do that. It's very very often you find anymore where a guy has just been at one place and and not mm-hmm. gone any other place. You, you got to you you learn about other systems. You you also learn about different recruiting areas. And it, I think it puts you in a, in a better position when you become a head coach when you've done that type of thing. Sonny, we really appreciate you spending a little time with us on such short notice. Um, great stuff. Great to hear, uh, you know, get to talk with you about, about, uh, Gerald White and, and so much more. We really appreciate you spending some time with us and, and, uh, we, we, we'd love to get you back again sometime. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm always available to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, Sonny. Have a great day. Thanks, Sonny. Bye-bye. Coach Sonny Smith joining us here on this uh, Thursday edition of The Drive, the passing of Gerald White, but so much more. Uh, Sonny is just, just great to yeah, talk so, to. Yeah, so grateful that we, that we get some time to talk with Sonny Smith. Usually have Justin Ferguson on Thursdays. Didn't mention that, I don't think, at the uh, the top of the show. But Justin will be here tomorrow. Had something going on today. Speaking of tomorrow's show, only an hour long mm-hmm. as we'll be throwing it over to ESPN Radio's coverage of the NFL Draft, which starts tonight as soon as the drive is over. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Well, uh, we were a little premature, perhaps, in uh, writing this one up for the Braves. It looked like it was in the books. 4 nothing going to the ninth. And the Marlins with a five-spot in the top of the ninth. The Braves down to their last out right now. We've got Fish. another hour to go. Those, those plucky, Down to their last strike. Those plucky fish. The, those Miami kids. The, the Miami sound machine. Are they going to salvage, trying to salvage one out of four? A.J. Minner, five earned runs yep. in the ninth Rise inning. Rise Iglesias will be back soon as the Braves' last two batters take pitches oh. right down the middle. And they were in the strike And it's zone. a 5-4 Marlins Oof. final. Oof. Yeah. All right. We're halfway done. Love for you to join in in hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Sports. ESPN 1067. WGZZ HD3 Waverly. And W294AR Auburn Opelika. Doug Brown, ESPN's Jamison Hensley, reports the Ravens and quarterback Lamar Jackson agree on a five-year, $260 million extension. It's worth $5 million more than the deal recently signed by Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. The NFL draft starts tonight. The Panthers expected to take Alabama quarterback Bryce Young with the first pick. But what about the Texans with the number two pick? ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum. If you're Houston, how can you pass on C.J. Stroud? You know, here's a guy that could come in and be your starter from day one. You know, we could argue if he's going to be an A, an A minus, or a B. But my gosh, like 
He's a really, really good player. Mike Tannenbaum on Fitz and Harry. Our ESPN radio draft coverage starts at 7 Eastern. The draft is also on ESPN, ABC, and the ESPN app at 8 Eastern. Jaguars offensive lineman Cam Robinson faces a multi-game suspension for violating the NFL's policy on PEDs. And only one NBA playoff game tonight. Celtics and Hawks game six in Atlanta. Boston leads the series 3-2. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV and RV and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Because it probably can be. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two here on the Thursday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Looks like the rain has moved on through. Got a, a decent amount of rain here during the day. And a little cooler weather today, but it's going to be back up to 80, I believe, tomorrow. Looks like the weekend is going to be pretty nice. So hope everybody getting ready for the weekend. It's Thursday. You know, it used to always, Thursday night was was the start of the weekend, the way it used to be. I can, I can vaguely remember those days hey thursday night is the start of the of the nfl draft we're just an hour away from espn coverage right here on espn 1067 following hour number two of the drive which is brought to you by the orthopedic clinic east alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in auburn and opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com we'd love to hear from you your thoughts on anything going on in the world of sports and uh, one of the ways you can get through is on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Call us at 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Yeah, exciting time, draft night, as the uh, NFL draft first round will be getting started uh, just after we're uh, our show uh, ends here on ESPN 106.7. We'll have ESPN Radio's coverage of the draft. I believe they're doing... Uh, the simulcast again on television where you can catch it on, I think, ESPN and ABC. Yeah, I think we'll so. Both have, we'll, we'll also, <laughs> NFL Network will have their coverage as well. So, uh, yeah, it should, uh, should, should be a fun night, a, a celebrated night in the, I don't think I, yeah, yeah, the 2023 NFL Draft will be on ABC from 7 to 10.30 uh, tonight. ESPN will also have their own coverage of the NFL Draft. I always thought it was kind of strange that ESPN and ABC have different uh, d- different draft coverage with the same, you know, sort of ESPN, right. ABC Sports team. Uh, but the uh, yeah, the draft getting started uh, v- very, very soon, and unlikely there's an Auburn player in the first round uh, tonight. But Auburn players will get drafted uh, over the course of the next few rounds. Tank Bigsby, Derek Hall, Colby Wooden, Colby Wooden, Owen Papo, mm-hmm. all looking uh, likely as, as draft picks. But should be a lot of familiar names going early, including uh, Alabama quarterback. Bryce Young, the likely first overall pick. Yeah, we were talking about that uh, early on. I mean, uh, there there'd been you know some some speculation or some thoughts that well maybe Will Levis. Uh, I mean, I'm 
I would be shocked if that's the case. But I, uh, you know, I've been wrong before. <laughs> Alabama hoping that that the uh, Alabama fans hoping that they have their first ever number one overall pick there with uh, with Bryce and. Uh, and and the question is, what's going to happen? I mean, I think more of the question is, all right, what happens at number two? Uh, are we are we, we going to see are we going to see some some movement, some deals? One of the fun things about draft day, draft night, is trades and speculation of trades. Oh, certainly, and, and we had you know something we've talked about on the show earlier this week. Haven't mentioned it today. There was clarification. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. With Lamar Jackson, the uh, Ravens quarterback who did reach a deal with the Baltimore Ravens. He had been on the market, and there was talk that mm-hmm. may, maybe another it's team. A five-year deal, right? Five-year deal to, to stay in Baltimore and, uh, and and continue trying to improve on, on the Ravens situation. They went out and added Odell <laughs> Beckham uh, to improve uh, Lamar Jackson's receiver core, and, and we'll see uh, what the Ravens can do now, now that Lamar Jackson is in place as their quarterback. But, yeah, for other teams that are... Uh, unsure about what they want to do is, is are we are we going to see a bombshell? Are we going to see a really big name already in the league switch teams tonight, or could we see team uh, move up and make a, a really aggressive move? The second pick is is an interesting one because if, right. if Carolina takes Bryce Young as expected, Houston has that second pick. They are a team that is without their long term solution at quarterback. They are a team uh, that that I think a lot of folks have linked to C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback that would be there at two. But D'Amico Ryan's former Alabama player, mm-hmm. a a you know a guy who was a one of the hottest young coaches around. But you remember him as a player? Oh, absolutely, I mean, I mean, great high, linebacker, high great intense, linebacker, high intensity linebacker. And <laughs> you know, if there's a guy who's going to decide, you know, that maybe we need to take one of these defensive superstars in the draft, like. For example, I mean, Bill, think about this. If you're D'Amico Ryans, is it tough to pass on Will Anderson? Second Ooh, I would think I, th- I would think it might be. How about that? You think about D'Amico Ryans, you know, and, and the career he had, Will Anderson could be sitting there with the second overall pick. Uh, so is uh, Jalen Carter, the, the, Georgia, the Georgia defensive lineman as well. I mean, for an NFL team, it's not like Houston is just a quarterback away. I mean, that's a team that has issues all over the roster, I could see why if D'Amico Ryans thinks there's a future Hall of Famer playing uh, defense in this draft, maybe that's who the Houston Texans need to select with the second overall pick, even though C.J. Stroud would be there, too. And if C.J. Stroud doesn't go in the top two, suddenly this draft is completely You know, it's funny, up. though. I, I heard I heard a couple of folks today saying they were taking their, their uh, uh, prediction, they were giving their predictions as to the player who slides... Who has the the most surprising slide? And two of the three people said C.J. Stroud. If if C.J. Stroud isn't the second overall pick tonight, then it would be a fairly surprising slide because I think most folks projecting the draft think Houston is taking C.J. with the second overall pick. If he doesn't go in the top two, if Alabama, you know, if it's and I I would think it's Will Anderson, right? I would, I think, would to, think it wouldn't be unlikely. No, I, no you're I would right. think you can draw that. You can draw the line there. You can you know connect the dots and think maybe, maybe Will Anderson you know has a you know has a very and if you're Will Anderson, I mean the thought of I mean that's that's a that's a pretty great situation to go to where you got a former Alabama linebacker as your head coach and somebody who understands the position as well as just about anybody in the sport at the moment. So it would be a great great setup for those two. Wouldn't address the quarterback problem that Houston has, but yeah. And then if. If C.J. Stroud's available after the top two picks, you have teams that might look to make an aggressive move up. 
there are what the there's the the Indianapolis Colts sitting there, you know, without a without without a long term option at quarterback. Uh, there, there are other teams later on in the draft. The Commanders, you know, folks aren't really sure uh, what's going on, including there's there's ownership questions about the Commanders as well. But there are uh, some teams, uh, the, the Raiders. Uh, might not have their long-term option uh, yeah, in right. the house at quarterback, so there there are a couple of teams that could be uh, even Atlanta. You know, I think it's fair to wonder they they drafted Ritter uh, relatively high last year, uh, the Cincinnati quarterback, mm-hmm. but I don't know if the Atlanta Falcons have their uh, solution. And another one, I think Jake Crane mentioned, Tennessee Titans drafted Malik Willis a couple years ago. They they drafted Ryan. Yeah, Tannehill. and, and the, the word there is that uh, they're, they're, they're looking for an upgrade. They have Ryan Tannehill as well, but folks have been, you know, when you look at the five quarterbacks, if you include Hendon Hooker, the five quarterbacks that could go in the first round tonight, uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, uh, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee Titans have been one of the, uh, they, they've, they've been one of the teams folks think might choose quarterback uh, tonight and add one of those guys to the fold. And that could, and that's where um, that, that number two pick, uh, whether it's CJ Stroud, if it's not CJ Stroud, then you think they're going to be serious. Teams seriously trying to trade up to the number three spot. Assuming the number three, assuming the team picking third overall, which I think is the Colts, uh, they they might they might take C.J. Stroud themselves. Well, they may. That's but what I'm saying. Is they'll be fielding some offers. They'll be getting some offers, uh, regardless. So I mean, well, number two will the uh, so will Houston. So I mean, that's always fun. Is the the movement or the possible movement? Uh, and and I I still I know that there's no way. Of, you were talking about draft day, the movie earlier, and that to me would be the uh, would be the coolest thing to be able to be privy to some of those conversations. Oh yeah, I mean, I just love the the idea of what's what's going on behind the scenes. How good are some of these people at uh, uh, convincing the other one, twisting arms or sweetening the pot? I mean, and, we're you know, we're part of the closest thing Auburn has to the NFL draft every year in the in the in the Greystone League, and that thing gets that's pretty, probably that, so. that's that probably thing, that thing gets pretty that thing gets pretty heavy. That thing gets pretty hectic. So yeah, I can I can imagine what it's like, especially when something unsurprising happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're if you, you know around the league, if they're expecting C.J. Stroud to be the second overall pick, and suddenly Houston uh, hands the envelope. To, to the commissioner, and he and reads it's it, not, and it's, it's Will Anderson and, and it's, or and anybody else. Yeah. Then, 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 you know, one of the things I always feel bad for is the guy who's not. The guy who's there, and, you know, he's got the suit, he's with the family, and pick after pick goes by, and he's not being called. You know what it's going to And look- they're trying to still act like... They're not just sick. Well, suddenly it starts looking like the stock market crash, right? Like, yeah. guys are, you know, guys are scrambling in every direction, and there's, uh, you know, the, the, the news is spreading, you know, person to person and things like that. So, yeah, it could be. You're thinking, what's wrong with that guy? If, and and, the, and there's also, and, and that's, you know, the other thing, when, when we focus on the, when the focus has been on the quarterbacks like this, like, there's nothing wrong with taking Will Anderson real early or Jalen Carter no. for that matter. If you think they're going to live up to their uh, to their position and and you know let let someone else you know it's it could be disappointing to a fan base that's got their heart set on one quarterback or another. Uh, but I understand why folks would say you know hey let's let's shore up one of the other critically important positions on a football field like edge rusher or uh, the middle of the defensive line or, or things like that. So yeah, there's uh, there, there's some some really talented players in this draft. Looking forward to see where they end up, including uh, you know the, uh, it seems it seems like the consensus is that Tank uh, that the Derek Hall 
will be the first Auburn player selected. It would be a surprise to see him taken today, uh, but tomorrow. I mean, I, I've seen mock drafts that have Derek Hall as one of the first 60 players oh, I, off the board. I surely wouldn't be surprised that, that Auburn has a couple of guys go tomorrow. We, we haven't mentioned, I think, this hour that uh, tomorrow in the 5 o'clock hour, we won't be on because the uh, day two of the draft gets started at 5 o'clock tomorrow, and I think it's very likely that Auburn has someone or some ones go tomorrow. Should have a really fun show tomorrow, though, in the one hour we're doing. We're talking with uh, Justin Ferguson uh, from mm-hmm. the Auburn Observer. He wrote a thing about uh, Cheney Johnson after breaking down some uh, Huntsville footage, and he'll also tell us about uh, you know his, his feelings on Matthew Cleveland. Who, are, who left Auburn today. Matthew Cleveland spoke to some media, and, right. and I guess the, the belief is that there could be a decision within Well, he weeks, said two... within a couple of weeks. I think, well, his plan is, what I hadn't thought about is he's going back to finish up the term at Florida State, and that doesn't end for more than a week, and then they're final. So it could be a couple of weeks, although he could decide where he's going to, uh, where he's going to wind up and go ahead and announce at any time. But right. it, sounded, it sounded like he had a pretty good visit. Really liked. Um, he, he said he, he got to know more. He got to meet more people at Auburn than he had at the other spots. And, and it's a. Uh, it's a, a, There are reasons that folks have liked Auburn's chances in this recruiting battle from the very beginning. Um, Auburn was very involved in Matthew Cleveland mm-hmm. when, when he was a five-star coming out of Atlanta. Auburn has had success with players from the Atlanta area. And, also, and Auburn's closer to home. So, I mean, with Auburn, you know, you look at the other schools, Missouri, Miami, uh, Auburn obviously just, you know, an hour and a half away from Atlanta. And there's and there's a uh, pretty glaring need uh, for a wing like Matthew Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and, he, and he mentioned that Auburn's looking for someone to uh, replace Alan Flanagan. Thought that quote was interesting yeah. too. That that it's you know it's, even though Alan Flanagan has his options open, uh, it feels like if he's going to play college basketball next year, it won't be at Auburn, right? Like if Auburn, especially if Auburn lands a Matthew Cleveland or mm-hmm. a uh, Jalen Thompson, you know, over the or Jalen Tyson over the next uh, you know few weeks, uh, because. The, the way Auburn has approached this offseason would give you the would give you the the belief that they don't you know they, they're looking to they're looking to add wings to this team which would you know which would suggest that Alan Flanagan isn't in the future plans and he's got options so yeah I, I don't think anybody would be too surprised if Alan Flanagan pursued something else we'll get to our first break love for you to join in anything on your mind sports wise we'll talk about the uh, uh, football player, the quarterback who made his decision today from the portal, didn't stay in the portal very long. We talked about him yesterday. We'll talk about that. How does that affect the team that he's going to? Now that and more, come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, and again, we'd love for you to join in. All right. Going to the break, talking about Tyler Buckner, the former Notre Dame quarterback, who today announced that he is 
uh, headed to Alabama after a very short period in the uh, transfer portal. He entered the portal after Notre Dame's spring game, well, and, and Alabama's were both this past weekend. Um, Buckner was 6 for 13 for 40 yards and an interception in the uh, Notre Dame spring game. Don't know if he, uh, uh, maybe he was going against the ones. Don't really know. Meanwhile, Sam Hartman, uh, the Wake Forest transfer, 13 for 16, 189 yards and three touchdowns. But uh, so, so Buckner, who has three years of eligibility, headed to Tuscaloosa. And we were talking about the quarterbacks. Dylan Lonergan is the other uh, quarterback I couldn't think of for Alabama. He is an early enrollee who was 8 of 14 for 79 yards, a touchdown and an interception in the uh, in the Alabama 8 day game. Ty Simpson um, started for the white team in the uh, in the A day game. Um, Simpson, a uh, a redshirt freshman, was twelve for twenty six for one hundred and fifty five yards, also through an interception. And then Jalen Milrow was the starter for the Crimson team. Uh, threw for two hundred and forty five yards, nineteen of thirty seven, a couple of touchdowns, and two interceptions. So. Uh, and that's where a lot of Alabama fans were like, well, we need to upgrade at quarterback. But the reaction today from, from Alabama fans and, and some people who are not just fans, uh, has been, did they really upgrade? We don't know. We talked about it a little in the first hour. Obviously, Tyler Buckner has a relationship. He's been coached his two years in college. By Alabama's offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, the 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 Buckner situation is an interesting one to me because you know we were saying in the first hour I think Notre Dame made you know maybe the single biggest splash of the offseason going out and getting Sam Hartman from the portal. I mean that's as good a player that switched teams as as there was in the portal. ESPN's FPI projects Notre Dame to win. Nine and a half, ten and a half games, depending on their simulation there, which, you know, Notre Dame has Ohio State, USC, and Clemson on the schedule. They're heavily favored in every other game they play. And if they win one of those three, maybe even two of those three, they're probably looking like a playoff team and, and a battle tested playoff team. If you're going through, if you're going through Ohio State, uh, USC and Clemson uh, in in route to the uh, to, to the postseason. So I, I can understand why uh, Sam, you know, why Tyler Buckner looked at that situation and said Sam Hartman's going to be this quarterback. It's going to take fortune, you know, and or or, or, tra- or tragedy or something to keep you know to, to get Sam uh, to get Tyler Buckner into the starting lineup. As far as what Alabama's getting, you know, it's it, it's hard to say because they're getting another athletic guy with a strong arm with with familiarity. Uh, with with uh, both Tommy Rees is familiar with what Tyler Buckner can do, right. having been his offensive coordinator for a couple of seasons at Notre Dame, and Tyler Buckner is familiar with what Tommy Rees is expecting from his quarterbacks, having played for him at Notre Dame. I think it's an advantage if you're going to join a team this late in the game. Mm-hmm. It's an advantage to be as familiar with the playbook as one would imagine uh, Tyler Buckner is with Tommy Rees' playbook. Uh, all right, so in the first hour, I was trying to figure um, all, all these guys. There's five scholarship quarterbacks now on uh, on the on the Alabama roster. Well, actually, four are there, and Eli Holstein will be coming in this fall. You have four. The uh, four of these guys are four stars. 
and Buckner was a five-star. So he was the most highly touted of the group coming up, but all five of them have multiple years of eligibility. Jalen Milrow is officially listed by Alabama as a redshirt sophomore. Tyler Buckner is a redshirt sophomore. Um, Ty Simpson is a redshirt freshman, and Eli Holstein and Dylan Lonergan are true freshmen. There's no way, absolutely no way, five guys with three years of eligibility or more are going to stay on that stay on that team. Well, with with first year players, I wonder if they would if they if they were expect you know, where they were expecting to be on the depth chart this year. Right, right. right. Incoming first freshman. year, first year. Well, they they may have been thinking, yeah, Bryce is gone. I've got a can, shot. Can Nick Saban or Tommy Rees, can they manage this to where Simpson, Milrow, and Buckner all believe they've got a chance of being the guy when the season starts? Because if they can, if they can, if, if you can convince, you know, if, if you can, you know what, here's the thing. If they can just get them through Sunday, well, maybe, they can get, if they can get to Monday, then the guys don't have the option of being able to play anywhere next fall well, but and, Alabama. And any of those guys could be the guy by the end of the, the second or third game, right? I mean, depending on how these could things be. I mean, out. So look back just a couple of, you know, we were talking about the Georgia situation where Stetson Bennett was number three at best yeah, going yeah. into the season. Yeah, JT Daniels and Dewan Mathis you yep. know, expected to be ahead of Stetson Bennett on the, on the depth chart at Georgia. So I, I think uh, maybe, you know, next year, they probably won't have all three of those guys. Yeah. But for this season, I could see a scenario where Simpson, Milrow, and Buckner are all there when the season starts because they all think they're going to be the guy when the season starts. And by week three, it's going to be more apparent. One would think it's going right. to be more apparent. When somebody's not playing. Or, or two of them aren't playing. Right. And one of them is, has seized control of the job. But maybe they use. I, I don't have Alabama's schedule right in front of me as far as what they're. I think it's, I think it's MTSU opening day. And, uh, and and there's a game against someone pretty significant uh, at a conference. They play Texas this year. Uh, Middle or? Tennessee, Texas, yes, is game two. Okay, so so that middle, week two. So how you let's let's think. Could you see two or three quarterbacks playing with the first team for Alabama in that MTSU game? Yes, yes, I could see that. But then uh, Texas probably not. Then they got South Florida before Ole Miss. No, that Texas game in week two puts a wrench into it. Yep. Because if you had three, if you had three overmatched opponents, the first three weeks of the season, you could really take your time figuring out who the quarterback is going to be mm-hmm. if you if you wanted to. If if the competition were still close, I don't think you want a three man race going into the Texas game, right? Like you you want to have an idea of who you know. Just just seems like for a variety of reasons you want to narrow things down. That first game though, uh, I I think. Uh, you know, I, I think the the attri- my guess would be, Bill, that the attrition in the Alabama quarterback room, if there's going to be any, will come from the very young players because Simpson, sure. Simpson, Milrow, and Buckner might all believe right now that they're going to be the starter for the Texas game. Yeah, I guess. Like all three of them might think right now, you know, I I got a I got a clear path to if I outperform these other two, I got a clear path to being the starter for the Texas game, and if I get the job, maybe I won't give it back. I I, I still think it's um, it's not unlikely that that somebody's going to be in the portal before Monday. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline. Maybe Milrow or Simpson. View. Milrow is the one that most people seem to think because he appeared to be the leader and is similar to I mean in in his strengths are similar 
to those of uh, Todd or Buckner. Well, and, and I can understand why someone would look at Alabama's new offensive coordinator bringing in his guy, you know, mm-hmm. so, someone that he's very familiar with, and thinking, well, that's that's an indication that this guy's going to play and I'm not, so maybe I need to jump into the portal. I just I just wonder if the competition is open enough right now that maybe Milrow and well, Simpson you know, stick it out. You can always you can always say uh, what what Tyler Buckner said. I'm going to enter the portal, and if things you know if if things uh, aren't as attractive there, I can uh, I I can come back to to Alabama. We'll see how Nick Saban would handle that. Uh, I think Notre Dame knew that he wasn't coming back. Let's get a call in before we get to our bottom of the hour break. And Bill is up next on the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. I was I was thinking the uh, so the coordinator for Notre Dame goes to Alabama and takes his. Uh, I'm sure there's no tampering going on there, and uh, uh, so he brings his own guy. And we're sure that's got to create a a mess. I mean, he's going to have better players around him. The guy could succeed, but. His numbers don't look all that good against probably let, a little bit lesser competition. Uh, what do they get, like five or six scholarship quarterbacks now? Five of them, yeah. Five of them, none, of, yeah. none, none uh, uh, more than a redshirt sophomore. Wow. I mean, so between Georgia and Alabama, they got enough quarterbacks to uh, <laughs> spread them around, around, around the whole, entire conference. league, we, yeah, see. just about. You know, just in the last couple of years, I would think there was that um, – there was the Western Kentucky quarterback, right? There was the situation oh, yeah. where the Western mm-hmm. Kentucky, like the offensive coordinator, the quarterback, and the receiver all came together from an FCS school and jumped in and, and played for Western Kentucky. And they, and man, they, they, they were all of a sudden. Yeah, they completely remade yeah. the offense. I wonder if we'll see more package deals, you know, those sorts of things happening in the, uh, in, in the world of, uh, of, of college football. Even back in the day, remember, remember Tony Franklin? was supposed to be Troy's offensive coordinator. He was Troy's offensive coordinator, and he'd gone and he'd signed Chris Todd to come play for Troy, or he'd, gotten Chris, he'd recruited Chris Todd to come play for Troy. Tony Franklin comes to Auburn. Chris Todd follows the offensive coordinator, comes in the, and, and he's or he competed to be Auburn's quarterback that year, too. So we've, we've seen similar situations in the past mm-hmm. where a quarterback and a, and, a, and a coordinator have a relationship that strong they decide to, uh, to stay together at a different school. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, I would think that would alienate uh, the other kids uh, in the end of the day. And how many of them are going to stick around? Like you said, uh, uh, here he's got bringing his own guy. And what am I sit- uh, sitting around here for? I might go uh, clear out. So he's got more talent around him, but it's going to be the chemistry is going to be interesting to watch. Oh, no question about it. You're right. And, and these days with the uh, uh, players are, are less likely to uh, give that, you know, that opportunity to, uh, to to be more patient. Appreciate the call, Bill. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Alan, hang on. You're up when we come back here on the Thursday Drive. Zero three three. You're live.
live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final 25 minutes here on this Thursday afternoon. And let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Alan is up next. Hey, Alan. Hey, guys. Um, what's the old saying? Um, if you have five quarterbacks, you really don't have one and something like that? Yeah, I think it's usually a smaller number than that. Yeah, but, it, usually but, if, you, <laughs> if, if you don't have one, right? If you got more than one, it's because you don't have one. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, matter if I talk a little draft? No. Quickly. All right, hypothetical. If you're the owner of a team and you got the number one overall pick, is there any player in this draft that you would have absolutely no issues with paying paying what you got to pay for the number one overall? I mean, no, no physical, no character, no uh, mental, you know, mental, no football issues. I mean, is there any guy like that that you can think of? I mean, I, I would think. I mean, everyone everyone carries some degree of risk, right? But I, I would sure. think like th- there are. I mean, of of the top prospects, is there one that I'm more certain than the others will have a stellar, perennial All Pro, Pro Bowl, NFL career? You know, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, because because there's there's questions about. I think Bryce is the best quarterback of the bunch, but there are questions yeah. about. You know about about size and and what you're what you're getting in Bryce Young, it, Will, it, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Carter. I mean those guys. If if my team, if I'm the owner of a team, and that's the only thing my team needed, uh, I mean that's the last piece. Then I'd be much more willing to say, yeah, I can I can go all in. My chips are all in. I'm paying however many million I need to pay. Um, I think that's a great question for this year because I just don't, I don't know. I think I'd be much more tempted to see what value that had to other teams that didn't have yeah. the first yeah, pick. There, there's, there's a third, the third team picking is Arizona and one would think they're not looking quarterback because they have Kyler Murray right. signed to that big deal. So if, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's Bryce Young with the first pick, like we think it is. Maybe C.J. Stroud goes second to Houston. If C.J. Stroud doesn't go second to Houston, if Houston takes someone else, then it, then it's chaos. I mean, that's, I think that's one reason. I don't know why uh, that the uh, Bears got out of that first pick. I mean, there's just nobody that. Yeah, get as much as you can, and let somebody else yeah. make that pick that other people are just waiting to uh, to, to be able to uh, yeah. uh, ridicule down the road. I mean, off the top. Of the top guys, I mean, I mean, I know he had an off year last year, but I mean, Will Anderson seems like to me. I mean, he's not even a like I heard Mel talking over the weekend. I mean, he's not a he's not a he's not a, a Miles Garrett even or a, a Von Miller type, um, you know, impact player. But of those top ones, you know, he, he hits all the boxes for me. And even though he's last year wasn't that great, but anyway, we'll see tonight. All right. Yeah, looking forward to it. Appreciate the call, Alan. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind sports-wise? We talked a little basketball. Matthew Cleveland 
the um, um, outstanding Florida State, former Florida State um, wing visiting Auburn today, wrapping up his visits. It's down to Auburn, Missouri, Miami, and he he sort of uh, touched on some of the highlights for all the, all the teams. But it does seem that the proximity to his family. Uh, I mean, he he already has a good relationship with the Auburn staff, but um, I, I was uh, I was interested when he talked about he just got a chance to meet more people at Auburn than he had at the other schools. I mean, and so if it a lot of it's going to be where he's the most comfortable, where he feels like he's the best fit. Now he talked about understanding the systems at both Missouri and Miami, and he felt like he could fit in there as well. So. Uh, Maybe not an, a decision that will come as quickly as I had thought because he's going back to Florida State to finish up his classes, and uh, that could be it could be a couple of weeks. Right. We're, we're, uh, uh, we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage of the NFL draft tonight on ESPN 106.7. ESPN Radio's coverage uh, will continue all weekend long. As, uh, as we've mentioned earlier, no show in hour number two Tomorrow, we will do an hour-long show uh, tomorrow with Justin Ferguson mm-hmm. from the Auburn. So where Justin's been tracking a lot of this basketball transfer portal stuff, and uh, we'll talk to him about the impact Matthew Cleveland would make on the team well, if Matthew uh, Cleveland chooses Auburn. Well, yeah, as you were saying, he'd uh, he'd done a breakdown on Cheney Johnson. Yeah, and the Cheney Johnson thing is interesting because you know Auburn Auburn lists him as a guard on the roster officially, but. Uh, and and one would think that he could uh, he could provide some minutes at the three if needed, which you know could could be a mm-hmm. guard position for Bruce Pearl. But you know they're they're talking about him as he, a a Jalen. Yeah, he he talked as a matter of fact that said that uh, you know that uh, Auburn Auburn's looking at him as a four. Yeah, and he's somebody who for a smaller, faster paced team absolutely fits the fits the mold of a four. A, oh, a sharp, stretch four, no question. Yeah, a sharp shooting, athletic four, and someone who. Uh, could play alongside Jalen Williams or uh, could be Auburn's answer when Jalen Williams needs to go to the bench. Yeah, and, and he's a guy, as we said, was 6'3", just a 6'3 out of high school, grew four inches. So uh, he's sort of grown into that, uh, you know, into that size and and uh, had an outstanding an outstanding career there at UAH. 334-321-1390. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Sherry is next. Hey, Sherry. Hey, I have a question for y'all. Um, I've only heard bits and pieces during the last couple of days about what's going on at Colorado and was wondering if y'all could explain. I know um, basically Dion told them to, you know, go ahead and transfer pretty much the players because they weren't going to play, I guess. And then a bunch of them entered the portal and everyone's shocked. Or can y'all just explain? Sure. Sure. I mean, uh, when when Dion first came in and met with the team, he told him to hop in the portal. That uh, he had his guys and he'd be getting guys, and he has. They they have they have gotten, I believe, twenty twenty three or twenty four players already through the portal. But they have had forty six players now enter the portal, and it had, I think it was eighteen after the uh, after their spring game this this past weekend and um all of those it it's it seems pretty obvious that that uh Dion didn't want all of those players to enter the portal because we've heard of a couple of players complaining that they can't get their film 
to send to other schools that other schools are having to rely on trying to find highlights on their own. And it's generally a courtesy that when a player is transferring, the school will go ahead and, and let them have their, you know, their cut-up highlights. Yeah, Dion was on the Pat McAfee show uh, earlier this week and, uh, and said, so, so let, let's look at the numbers first of all. all so right. uh, between incoming transfers and the players they've signed out of high school, uh, Deion Sanders has signed 48 players to come to Colorado right, in, since in taking high the job. school, junior college, and transfer. Yeah, but between, but yeah, between right. every with every avenue available at the moment, he signed 48. Might not be finished, right? There are players in the pool no, right true. now, and there are graduate transfers uh, that could make themselves available between now and and the start. Uh, there have been 26 players from Colorado that have entered the spring portal window on top of a lot of players that I don't mm-hmm. have the number in front of me for the fall window. But it was at least 20. Right, but but so they're uh, uh, so, so the, the, the question is their scholarship numbers. I heard a, um, a reporter who covers Colorado and uh, uh, I be- works there uh, in Boulder said that as of yesterday they had 63 players on scholarship. So they're 22 players short right now of the 85 max. Right, and Deion Sanders, now I would point something else out. We talked about this when Billy Napier got the job. NCAA policy permits a first-year head coach to cut players. They, they can, they uh, can, NIL pretty much permits but, that these but, days. But, with, but within, within the rules, a first-year right. head coach can show up and say, we're cutting you. You can stay here, and you can be on scholarship, but you're not going to be on the football team anymore. Or you can go into the portal, but you will not be on the football team at my school. And it sounds like several of the players in the portal from Colorado were told this is the option that you mm-hmm. have. You, you will not be on the team, but you can stay at Colorado, finish your degree on scholarship, or you can go into the transfer portal and play somewhere else. There but, are we have never, but we've never seen any team... And, of course, transfer portal now has, has changed things, but we've never seen an exodus like this right. so, from any so, team. So the, the quotes from Deion Sanders on the Pat McAfee show, quote, there's no way I can put new furniture in this beautiful home if we don't clean out the old furniture, unquote. I just wonder if there's better furniture available now that all these players have left and his, between and his, now and the start of fall for this year, I, I don't think so. And the question is, yeah, of, of well, who are you bringing in? Quote, we already know what we've got coming in. Y'all just don't know what we've got coming in. We already know what we've got coming in. They're probably in the airport right now. Uh, when we re- when we release the list of guys that we've got coming in, everyone's going to say, oh, okay, now I see what he's doing. Unquote. So Deion Sanders explaining that this is part of a strategy, the, uh, the, 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 the mass exodus of Colorado players. And, and while there are uh, a couple of players that look like they could be uh, highly sought after, I would say Montana Lamonius Craig uh, has some impressive offers in the portal. Um, you know, it, it does sound like a, a lot of these players were, were players that Colorado had oh, no yeah. plans for and uh, were, were essentially uh, cutting from the team because Deion Sanders wanted to use that spot for someone else. I think both both those receivers, Montana Lamonius Craig and Jordan Tyson, are a couple of guys that Dion would have liked to have kept. I think we'll see more coaches take that approach, though. We're, we're with the uh, with with the the powers that a first year head coach has. It's dangerous to do it in the spring. It's, dangerous. it's a lot better. To, it seems it you know more teams are apt to do it in the first transfer portal. 
Appreciate the call, uh, Sherry. 334-321-1390. We need to get to our final break. Back with more of your phone calls here on the Thursday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment here of the Thursday Drive. And let's get quickly back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Yellowhammer gets us started. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Uh, I just wanted to climb on that conversation about Deion Sanders and uh, uh, what you think about this. Uh, you know, uh, I don't guess Colorado's been lighting the world on fire lately. No, they were 1-11. <laughs> okay. Well, so he, he may say, well, all right, I see a lot of deadwood here, and we got to clear this out quick if I want to put my own culture in place, you know, and get new furniture, which is going to be maybe a problem because you might have to get it from Ikea. Where there's well, a for, for this year, but, I mean, <laughs> one of the things one of the things uh, that, that you can look at is, I mean, if they win more than one game this year, it's an improvement. And then, like Dan was saying, he's got all those availabilities to sell because the NCAA now allows you to sign up to – the number of 85. So if, if you go in 15, 20 players short, you can sign 15 or 20 more players than anybody else. So that's one of the things I'm sure he's going to be pitching. And he's probably not as concerned with winning immediately as he is bringing in the best and, players that he can. And, and it's really unfortunate for players, you know, who, who are on the roster that Dion inherited, you know, if they feel they were treated unfairly because they were, you know, they, they weren't recruited by the Sanders regime and things like that. But you know, I, I just think it's going to get more cutthroat, right? Like it's all. Oh, yeah. Get, no I mean, question. Those spots are going to be more valuable and coaches are going to be under more pressure to produce immediately, which means they need to maximize their roster, and that could lead to situations where a new coach shows up and uh, you know, tells dozens of players from last year's team uh, that they are looking at a situation where they could be cut from the team or encouraged to go into the portal uh, because uh, th- th- they need to make wholesale changes. Appreciate the call, Yellowhammer. Let's uh, move on, and Terry is up next. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bill. Hey, Dan. How are y'all? Pretty good. Good. Um, the portal closes on Sunday the 30th, correct? That is correct. Midnight Sunday, I believe. Does that mean the players have to make up their minds no. on Sunday? No. All That's they have, where I'm confused. All they have to do is be in the portal by Sunday. And there may be word after Sunday if they've gotten the paperwork done, but it hasn't all been sent in or whatever. But they just have to be in the portal by Sunday. Because I thought there might be a barrage or just a flood of players to make it commitments over the next three days, so I didn't know that. No, nah, and so. what's going to happen with a lot of them is they'll finish up classes wherever they are and be able to uh, make some trips early on in the summer. And, uh, you know, if they can't make it into the first summer session at most schools, they'll try to make it in by the second. Okay. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good night. Appreciate the call, Terry. Man, I hope the, uh, hope the throat gets a little better. Uh, it's that time, man. There are so many people that have – I know I've been <clears throat> clearing my throat and stuff – I thought the pollen was about gone, but uh, um, but but yeah. Hope hope you got feeling a little better. No, that that is something I think a lot of people had uh, misunderstanding that the portal window is just for players to enter. They can wait um, all the way up until classes start in the fall. Although that's probably not advised. 
to do that. I mean, you'd, you'd like for if you're you know if, if you feel like you want to be able to contribute somewhere in the fall, I would think you'd want to at least go through some of the the summer workouts and and fall camp. Yeah, I mean, if you if you haven't played a ton of college football, I just wonder, you know, if you're switching teams now, what's your path to playing time like at your new school? Oh, you're right. I mean, now if you're someone with a with a big track record, if you're an established. A superstar, yeah, proven commodity. You know that right. that's different. You can join a team in August and and maybe you know step right in, especially in a couple of positions. You know and and be plug and play. But somebody who doesn't have a ton of experience it feels like if, if they're taking you now, it might be because they want you to spend the twenty twenty three season learning. Mm-hmm. And starting in January, you might be competing for a starting job. But Heck, if, if that's the case, then you didn't need to go into the transfer portal. You'd basically be redshirting. Exactly. But, I mean, why? I mean, if you're – unless you find the perfect situation, that that could be what you're looking at. Yeah, could be. So, so yeah, Which is why, which there, is why there, I think we saw so much activity in the December portal window. There because will, players knew oh, yeah. if you wait until April, you might be looking you're at behind. Your, oh, you, you're, you're way behind. You might be way behind. Mm-hmm. So there will be more names, and there could be some big names that enter the portal. But, no, they don't have to do anything uh, immediately. They've got plenty of time. All right, we're just about – we don't have plenty of time, though. Today, we're just about out of time. Yeah, thanks again to Sonny Smith for, oh, absolutely. for joining us in hour number one. A lot, lot of time. If you missed any of Sonny, you should catch it on the podcast, however you listen to podcasts. Great stuff from Sonny Smith, not only about uh, where Auburn basketball stands now uh, with some of the news we've had in recent weeks, but also looking back on Gerald White. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some great memories there on the, the former guard, former Auburn guard who passed away today uh, at the age of 57. Um, again, we're just about out of time here. A reminder that tomorrow it will be a, a shortened version of the drive, but it should be a fun one with Justin Ferguson here with us for the one hour. Yeah, lo- looking forward to seeing if there's any uh, big shakeups tonight. In the Auburn or in in the world of of the NFL with the, with the draft, I mean, it could be uh, you know beyond just Bryce Young and some of the SEC players, you know, and any number of things that could happen. We'll talk about that and more with Justin Ferguson tomorrow on the drive and draft coverage. Co-